Welcome to the first episode of the UQ Wealth Podcast. Today, we have a special guest out there for the viewers. His name is Kobe White. So, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. Having yet to make his mark on the music industry with full force, Kobe White has everything to prove, <laughs> yet nothing to lose. A singer-songwriter, musician first gained attention online for his singing videos and originals on social media, reaching millions of views combined on all platforms. What is up? Hayden, thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for letting me come on to your show. <laughs> this is mad. Thank you for <laughs> joining us. Thank you for joining us. Um, this man right here, I've known him since I was a wee little lad. A long time, very long time. Long, long time. Since yeah, I was two, three? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, three, yeah, from church, yeah, from like preschool. Back in preschool days. Grew up together, went to church together, and now look at us here. Who knew? Chilling on a podcast, bro. Chilling on a no, podcast. No, it's good. Thank you for having me. Kobe, Kobe. <laughs> Describe to me what a day in the life of Kobe White is. Day in the life? Um, <clears throat> nowadays, I, I try to be a lot more productive than what I have in past times, and um, I think the best or the best thing for me is, is to make sure that I have a structured day yep. and I try to get try to kind of do the same thing every day to get into a habit so I, tr- I try to wake up anywhere between like 7 30 and 8 in the morning um then I get up straight away I'll <clears throat> drink water I'll like wash my face I'll have a shower and then I write down my affirmations so I, I've been doing this a lot I've been doing this for the past three to four months now where I write down like you know, manifestation. Mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah. like a lot of people that I've kind of looked up to or a lot of like podcasts and things that I listen to, they're really big on manifestation and kind of yep. repeating the same thing over and over again every day or what they want to kind of achieve in life. So I kind of put that into my life. So yeah, the first thing I do is write down my affirmations or the things that I want to achieve. Um, and then from there, I kind of just schedule my day on how productive i want to be and get the things done that i need to get done so like it'll be um from that i'll try to read as much as i can i'll try to read like 40 minutes a day um yeah from there i'll work on my vocal warm-ups like i i, I try to keep my vo- my voice trained every single day so i try to practice for like an hour a day with my singing lessons and then from there it's pretty much just working on my music just figuring out the next songs that i want to uh, release or writing a new song or songwriting for other people. Um, and then towards the end of the day, it'll be more like focusing on content. So like making TikToks or like yeah. filming video-based yeah. content. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then I try to finish the day with like uh, reading the Bible again. Just trying to yeah, finish it on a good note. But that's pretty much in a summary of what I do. The day in a copy white. It's yeah. pretty cool. Based on your short-term, medium-term, long-term, how do you work out your goals for yourself as a musician in Melbourne? As in, like, like the like, how, like for music-wise, like, how, how do right. I like? How work do you out my figure goals? out your goals? Um, I think I've I've had the same goal. Well, I've had the same kind of thing that I wanted to do since I was a kid. You know, I've everyone that knows me knows that I've wanted to do music or go down the entertainment industry. So I think having that in my mind from the beginning has been really the biggest, uh, well, the most important thing for me because I I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it's just kind of about figuring out the steps to get to the place where I want to be and like figuring out what I want to actually accomplish in the industry. So 
I kind of figured it out by just looking up to the people that inspire me and seeing what they've done and thinking, you know, I can do the same thing. I want to do better than that. I want to be on the same level as him. So, like, my goal is when it comes to music is to, you know, I want to tour. I want to go on tour. And I want to play shows all over the city, all over the world, and just kind of impact the world as best as I can through doing my art and doing what is true to me. And I feel like, I felt like from the beginning, that's always been my calling to be on stage and be performing. Because it's it's the way that I started my music career was performing on stage. So Mm. it's kind of coming back to my roots, but that's like one of the main goals that I really want to accomplish in my my career. Um, But I want to, there's so many things I want to do, so many aspects of like this industry that I want to venture into. Like I want to be an actor as well. Like I've been studying acting for a long time now. Um, trying to bring those two up. Those are the two main things that I'm focused on, music and, and acting. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, like I want to venture into businesses and, and starting my own company and things like that. Like there's, there's so many ventures that I want to, so many things that I want to venture into. Um, but yeah, the identifying those goals for me is yeah, kind of seeing or kind of figuring out in my life what I want to yeah accomplish in those areas of of expertise i guess and just figuring out what would make me the most uh fulfilled i guess in in a sense when it comes to like those things yeah speaking back with um how you said you've had that one goal yeah it started out from when you were playing elvis am i right yeah (laughs) yeah. tell us a little about that Um, stage of your life yeah that that was a that was a really important stage of my life and because it, it started when i was so young like it started from the age of two and I remember, I don't remember, my parents remember me like sitting in front of the TV and watching Elvis movies or listening to, like watching his concerts and things like that. And I always had a feeling that I was going to be a musician or I was going to go down this line of being in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And the older I got, the more interested I, I became in performing on stage and, and singing live. So um, they bought me my first like Elvis jumpsuit from from like this like the sellers or something just something just something that like yeah would get me excited to like jump into and like start singing so yeah i remember um yeah setting up my living room and um writing like tickets like on a piece of paper and like giving them out to my parents and then like running behind the tv making sure it like plays up to the right like point where he's going on stage on the show and then like do the same thing and like perform it and do it. I do. I would do it like three, five times a week. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. That's that's where my career stemmed from, and then it, it just kind of grew from there. Like my parents gave me every opportunity they could. Like I, I will always like love my parents for that. They always instilled in me um, to go for my dreams. Yeah. Especially my mom. Like my mom has always been someone that has supported my goals, which I can find what I feel like is very rare. Nowadays, there's a lot of parents that want their kids to go to school or to study. And my mom was the exact opposite. She she hated the fact that she was growing up. She grew up like not having a dream or not, not having something that she wanted to go into, and working a nine to five for the majority of her life. So she didn't want that for us. Yeah. So yeah, from the beginning, she always gave me the opportunities that she believed that would be good for me, or she believed that would make me realize that like there's something better to life than, than working a nine to five so yeah she 
she started um, putting me into singing lessons. I did acting lessons. I was in piano lessons, drum lessons, guitar lessons, um, swing lessons. I did karate. I did ballet. I did all these things because she, she, she didn't, at the time, like when you're young too, you don't really know what your kids are going to go into. Sometimes they love something and the next week they're over it. So she gave you all those opportunities. Yeah, so she gave me as many yeah, opportunities as yeah. I could to like really figure out what I wanted to do and then yeah. I went from there. And music was the one that always stuck. So yeah, I started performing and I started doing shows in Australia and then from there it took us to New Zealand and it took us to America. And I was doing like, she made me do pretty much every event that I could possibly get my hands on. Like I was doing functions, weddings, birthday parties. I was doing like bar mitzvahs. I did bars and clubs and I was like seven, eight years old. So she really tried to make sure that I, yeah, had the opportunities that um, she could like possibly get at a young age to just make sure that, you know, get she knew. Go. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's where it kind of all stems from. Hmm. Yeah. Foundations. Yeah. Yeah. Foundations. It's, foundation is so important. Hmm. The type of energy your mum brought into your life is one that, like, that continues you to grow forward. 100%, bro. 100%. And we all know Kobe White loves to have good people around him, even at this age. <laughs> Could you describe to me the type of people you keep around you? Like, what energy do you allow around you? Like, what energy do you attract? A lot of... I try to get a lot of positive people around me, a lot of um, people around me that I aspire to be like or that are... <laughs> kind of better at me in, in the area of expertise that I want to go into or people that keep me accountable like yourself and um, all of our other mates like mm. uh, yeah it's so, it's so important like they say it over and over again how important your friends and your support group are around you they create your future yeah, yeah exactly they create your future so um, yeah I really tried my best to kind of make sure that the people around me are, are supportive and, and um see my best interests at heart as well as much as i see their best interests as well um yeah i i try to keep those type of people around me and it's it's not i don't keep a lot of people around me like you know like there's only like there's probably like four or five people that i keep around me like super close yeah yeah and i love having that tight group because yeah it, it, it's all you need what really to be honest like when you find a core group of people a core group of mates that yeah, you know they have their your best interests at heart as well as yeah. vice versa. Exactly, because you'd rather have five honest people around you than let's say twenty yeah. who are just gonna lie to you, make you exactly feel, like yes feel good. Yeah, you don't want a bunch of yes men. You want a bunch of yeah, real men. You know I mean? Yeah, so I, I think about that a lot. Like I think about the people that are around me all the time and how um, yeah, how um, positive. Like they can be like it's 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 yeah it's super important to surround yourself with positive people especially in positive this, and honesty yeah yeah especially in the industry that we're going into you know you definitely need that you need people to keep you in check and which which I I'm blessed that I do yeah you know with you my my partner um, Mira JV like the, yeah, like you you're all like my mates like my best mates so yeah yeah it's good yeah. People that keep you accountable. Yeah, 100%. For that accountability, it grounds you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when you go through situations where people, they test you. Yeah, exactly. And that, they they're test honest. your character. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And like, um, something that is important to me too is people that are around me, that they have like their, their faith. Like, faith has always been like 
super important to me. Mm. Like people, being people, keeping people around me that have a passion for Jesus and for God as well. Like mm. that's something that's super important to me as well. Yeah, because that keeps you in line with your values too. Cause yeah, can hold you accountable. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. But yeah, because that 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 stems from high school and everything too. Um, with the values that they gave us and the things that they instilled in us from young kids like that just keeps me accountable on my part like with life in general pretty much like the things that they taught us will always be with me so it always no matter like how far along I go or how far away I guess um, it'll always be in the back of my head like the values that they the taught values us. that were taught yeah 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 With all the values you've gained, um, what season do you feel like you're in right now in life? I feel, I feel, yeah, especially from a religious point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like I'm in. I'm definitely in um, a, a stage in my life where I'm I'm growing and, and I'm realizing that I'm kind of becoming an adult now. Like they, uh, especially at school, like they they would always tell us that like that you know especially in the detail when we had that coming and racing and we're becoming adults and stuff i didn't really get it then yeah. i get i understand it now it makes a lot it made a big difference yeah 100 yeah. yeah it makes a big difference bro and yeah going through that phase now like properly um yeah it's really it's it's challenging bro. Mm. like the the there's a lot of things that you need to kind of think about like i i a lot of the time this year, I've just been kind of thinking about my future and the person that I want to be um, in the next four to five years. You know, I, w- I really want to be somebody that's financially stable. You know, I want to be successful in, in every area of uh, whatever areas that I, I kind of venture into. I, yeah. I want to make sure that my family is like stable and, and that I have a, like a loving family. And yeah, it's just, those are the things that I'm thinking about right now. So, like, kind of putting those things, the steps in place to get to that point is where I'm at right now. Yep. Yeah. So, just kind of thinking about everything and, like, the process of getting to where I want to be. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's good, bro. Like, I'm, I'm growing a lot this year. I didn't think I would grow a lot this year because of what we're going through right now, but it's given me a lot more time to think. To readjust and what, yeah. yeah. To readjust my life. Yeah. Can we touch on how you said... um you want to reach a certain point do you ever feel like um you're not good enough for your role because you want to reach a certain level where you want to be like that big like bruno mars type artist you know what i mean do you ever feel like am i worthy of being that am i qualified enough to be there all the time (laughs) all the time like it's it's something that i feel like uh, everybody that kind of has these big dreams and these big like things that they want to accomplish they always they always have doubts yeah and 100%. It's, it's the hardest thing to kind of um get your mind around or, or kind of like, like mute it in your head like it's probably the hardest thing to do because it's it's so easy to focus on the negative yeah it's so easy to to focus on like what if it doesn't happen what if this what if that but like yeah i always think about it like the other way like what if it does like what if it does what if like my work that I'm putting in now, if I never did it, like what if like, like 
I don't know. Like I'm, I'm always like making sure that I'm getting through my day and I'm learning something new and I'm achieving something. Um, so yeah, no, the negative thoughts are are really hard to yeah <laughs> to kind of get out of your head, but um, I yeah I, I try to I try to like block it out. It, it it always it always tends to come in like every now and then, but like yeah, the best thing you can do is just kind of focus on the present and focus on how you can. Like whenever I whenever I get those those kind of thoughts in my head, I block them out as much as I can, and then, yeah, I just focus on the next step. I'm like okay, don't mm. worry about that. Let's just focus on now. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. How you said, um, what if I make it? Yeah. What if it happens? Like, what's the point of thinking what if it doesn't? Yeah. Exactly. But what if? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's not that's cool. Like failure, like failure is not an option to me. Like I, I always, I always say that to, as well when I'm like doubting myself or if I'm saying like oh, I don't know if this is gonna work or you know I've been doing this for so long I don't know if I should keep going anymore. But um, I always keep saying in my head like failure is not an option. Like it'll never be an option. That is, that is, that is cool. An option. Like yeah. it'll always be. It doesn't matter how long it'll take me. Like if it takes me ten years, twenty years, like mm-hmm. I know that it'll be worth it in the end. So I always just remind myself that it'll never be an option. It can't be an option. Like there's no other, like a lot of, I might go off topic, but like a lot of people um, that I've been around say like, oh, do you have a plan B? Like what's your plan B? Like uh, a lot of people say to have a backup. A fallback option. Yeah, just in case. There's a fall through. But I've always been like, there's no option. There's no plan B. If there's a, there's a contingency plan. I would always have a contingency plan for plan A, but there's no like plan B. Like in terms of like, I have one pl- I have one plan, and I need to achieve that plan. And if it doesn't work out the way I wanted it to work, then my con- my way around it is to do this, not like a completely different plan or like a completely different like goal in life. It's always like yeah something to work around to get yeah. through. But yeah, it's not an option. I don't think that makes sense. No, it makes hard <laughs> sense. Like instead of giving like. 40% towards plan A, 40% towards plan B. You're giving 100 towards plan A. Yeah. Knowing that you gave it your all. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think the the problem that, I, that I've always had with people saying like, oh, I have a plan A and a B plan is you're doubting yourself. You have, you've got two plans. Negative so you've, thoughts coming. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, making sh- you're making sure that you have a backup plan because you have a feeling that you might fail. Hmm. But like it's it's for me it's not an option. It'd never be an option. So I don't let myself think about okay, what do I do if it fails? And it goes back to what you said. It's what if I make it? What if it actually? Yeah, exactly. Works? Yeah, what if it actually pulls through? Mm. Like people never people forget to think about that. Yeah, yeah. They always yeah. It's it's easier to think on the negative than the positive. 100%, which is yeah. I yeah. Which is I don't really understand why we always think like that. <laughs> think negatively. I think it's because we're human. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but failure is never an option. To me, anyway, I, yeah, that's what I've instilled in my head. My yeah. brain. In terms of that, what's the, what would be the best advice someone's given you in your career? What's, what's the best advice you've ever received? Um, to try and try again, to be honest. Like, I, I, I was in LA, and I, I, I'll never forget it. Like, I was in LA, and... Um, we were in the hotel lobby and I was, there was a piano in the hotel lobby and I said, uh, there was a sign on it that said, do not play. And um, 
my mates and stuff that were with me that I met over there, they were like, just get up and play. Like, what are they going to do? Kick you out? I was like, all right. But, so I, I took I took it off and I just started playing. And then I started singing. They're like, sing, sing. So I started singing. And the person that walks in the hotel lobby was um, Zendaya's father. And Zendaya's father at the time was like... Her, real? Yeah, her manager. How? And he, he sat there and he like looked at me. And he's like, have lunch with me. I was like, all right. So I had lunch with him that day. I paid for his lunch. I paid for his valet parking. I, I paid for all of it because I was excited. I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, once a lifetime opportunity. Yeah, and he said, so what do you want to do? Like, why are you here? Like, why are you in LA? And I said, I want to be an artist. I came here because I want to write songs. And I, I want to like perform a little of the world and I want to be like the biggest artist in the world. And he just sat there and he like laughed at me. And... I said, what's so funny? He's like, do you have any music out or are you established like in your country or like in Australia? And I said, no, I don't have any music out. I don't have uh, much of a following. I just came here because everybody comes to LA. If you want to be an artist or an actor, you come to LA. Yep. And he said, so what was your plan when you came here? I said, well, I wanted to come and just network my way around and then hopefully jump into studios, write songs and then like, make hits that's what i said and he started laughing at me again and he's like if you ever come here with that mentality again you'll get you'll drown yeah like every he said every single person that i meet or every single uh, upcoming artist or actor that comes to the city says the exact same thing like i'm gonna come here and just make it work but when you come with that mentality you're you're drowning because every it's so like competitive that everybody does that mm-hmm. when they go to la they get they end up getting a job as a waiter or they get a job as a bartender and then they try to work on their craft in the day and then work at night. But they get nowhere because they're drowning because it's so competitive. And he said, the best thing that you can do is to go back to your country, work on yourself there, come up with the best shit, the best music that you've ever made in your life, come back here and give me like 10 or 20 of your best songs. Like, try and write 10 to 20 of your best songs and then see what happens. Because, like, if you, yeah, if you go to LA with that mindset, then you you, you won't make it. Like, he said to go back. Yeah, come up with your 20, like, best songs. Come back to LA. Show them that you really, like, kind of want this or, like, you, you're proving to them that you're willing to put in the work because you've written, like, 20, like, it has to be great songs to do. So, like, make sure you write yeah. 20 great songs. It has to be, like, number one hits. And establish yourself in Australia first. He's like, if if you come to LA with just being a kid with a dream, no one will believe in you. But if you come to LA with a following, you have music out already, you've got millions of streams already, people will take a chance on you because they, they don't need to build you up. Yeah, They don't need to build a brand around you. Yeah. You already have a brand. So all they need to do is work on it and see how can we get you to the next level. Yeah. So that, that was the best advice he gave to me and then he just said to like he told me to come back uh, a year later he said come back a year later and show me these 10 to 20 songs that you've written and then we'll see so I said alright bet so I came, I came back here this was in 2017 I came back and I was with my mom at that time um, my mom came with me to LA I came back I was like alright I'm gonna write 10 to 20 of the best songs that I can I wrote them the next year, exactly a year later, I go back to LA. I, I, I have his number and stuff. So I call him. I say, I have these songs here. 
and he listened to them and he's like, they're not good enough. He gave them back to me and he's like, throw them away. Throw them in the bin. It's rough. He's like, that's dead. They're terrible. And I was like, what do you mean they're terrible? He's like, these aren't good enough. He's like, go back and try again. And I was like, what? And I was there for a month and I was by, I was there by myself and I gave it to him on the first day. He's like, take it back, try again. So I, I try again. I, I go back. Uh, I had a friend that I was working with in the studio in LA and I went to him and I was like, these, he didn't like the songs that I wrote. <laughs> and he's like, okay, let's try write one. And he, I wasn't going to write 10 songs in LA like in like the space of three weeks. But we ended up writing like one, one or two. And I sent them, sent them to him, met him again. And he's like, no, they're not good enough. Go back. I wrote one more. I went again. He said, no, they're not good enough. Then I, then I got I got mad. I was like, frick, I'm not meeting this guy again. So I got frustrated and I didn't talk to him for the rest of the trip. Towards the end of the trip, it was like a day before I was leaving. He knew my dates because I told him my dates. And he said, come and see me. So I had lunch with him again the day before we le- we um, left LA, or the day I left LA. And he said to me, do you know why I turned down all your songs? And I was kind of a man. I was like, no. He's like, because I want you to know that you can write, you, your best shit is still in front of you. Like I, I told you to write the best songs that you could, and you did, and then I gave them back to you and said they weren't good enough. So you made an even better song. And then you came to me and you showed me that song and said it's not good enough. So you went back and you made an even better song. He's like, your best is never, you've never, like, you will never ever write your best music or you never ever have your best songs. You always need to keep chasing the fact that you need to be greater, you need to be better. So it's like, just try and try harder. Every time you get an opportunity, just try and try. So that's that's probably the biggest lesson that he told me. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I haven't told anyone that story. That's an all-time first on the UQL podcast. <laughs> so yeah, he man. pushed you further than you've ever been. Yeah, and I, I didn't, I didn't see it at the time because, like, I was just, yeah, I, I thought my the music I was making was mad, like it was the best. In that period of time, yeah, he told you he pushed yeah, you forward. Exactly, and now that I listen back to those songs, I'm like those songs are trash. <laughs> yeah, like they're trash. Like I feel like that I could do. I, I write way better songs now than back then. Yeah, but he said like, yeah, just try and try again. Like your best will always be. In front of you, you know, you've never written your best. Just keep like striving for greatness. So yeah, I ended up throwing all the songs away. I haven't even used them. It's it's funny you. It's it's funny because one of my questions was actually going to be, what's your way of pushing through uncomfortable moments in life? But I feel like you sort of answered that because I feel like the people around you push you through those uncomfortable moments in life. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like you like yourself, like especially bro. Zendaya's dad, he. He put you in an uncomfortable circumstance, but he also pushed you through that. Yeah. Just with that one conversation right before you left. Yeah. To allow you to understand the truth of what you were actually doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a yeah. lesson, bro. I felt yeah. like crying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was yeah, it was it was a good as lesson to learn and yeah. to realize that it doesn't matter how egotistical that you could get as an artist thinking that your your music is the best or like your craft or whatever you do is the best. It'll never be, yeah. It'll never be as good as your next stuff. So like, yep. keep trying. Yeah, that's what he told me. So yeah, I'm just gonna keep trying. Yeah. We talked about the best advice you've ever received. <laughs> What's the worst advice you've ever received? <laughs> the worst advice I've ever received. Oh my days. Um. The worst advice. Oh. 
probably I was told to go like to go to university to like get a like to kind of like make a living or like to be like uh to kind of be like just like sustainable like I I how do I explain this I um when I was in year twelve well when we were in year twelve I was going around telling everybody I'm gonna be an artist I'm gonna be this I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the biggest artist in the world everyone knew that this is what I wanted to be yeah and I remember telling someone someone's mom that I was gonna be this and she yelled at me and she said that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> she said that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard that you ever do that yeah you're gonna you're ruining your career like she said she she was like saying that I'm selling my soul to the devil if you do that you're selling your soul to the devil no why would you say that because it's mixed she's, because the music industry is mixed in drugs and, and money and, and sex and all this stuff which you have you can choose to yeah not. exactly which is why I have the people around me hmm. that are Christian and they have faith in that Keep me accountable as well because yeah. yeah. So I, I've always, I've already th- I've always thought about that to people that are me, to block that stuff out. Yeah, she said that you'll never be this, you'll never be that, and the best way she's like, look at my son. My son's going to school. My son's going to uni. He's going to college. He's going to get a good job. He's going to be a doctor, and he's going to move on and, and be rich like a rich doctor one day. He's she's like, go to school, go to school. That's the only way for you to be successful. But it doesn't mean you'll be happy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, happy, you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that I can't really think of anything else to be honest. But that was it wasn't the worst advice, I guess. It was just like it's still pretty huge. Yeah, an advice advice to me that yeah, because I, I had been growing up my whole life with the idea of it's not an option. Like nine to five is not an option. Getting a job yep. is not an option. Yeah, it's going for my dreams and making sure that they come true. And yeah. Providing for my family that way. And not living a mediocre life. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. what my mom taught me. So that's what I've kind of instilled in me like, growing up. So, yeah, when I heard that, I, I, I remember just going home and like crying. Because she was like yelling at me, like screaming at me. Like, do this, do this, do this. Confrontationally, yeah. Yeah, so it it's completely opposite to whatever I had done previously. So like, Or whatever I had thought of. It didn't align with your values. It didn't align with what made you happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. it's, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, it, it can be good for some people, yeah. but just for for myself, it wasn't the move. Exactly, because everyone's okay. life is, everyone's got different seasons and routes and journeys that they take in their life. Yeah, yeah exactly. We all have different paths. I, I feel like the end goal of every single journey is becoming content and happy with where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Could, could I ask you, um, what, how would you describe happiness in terms of in the life of Kobe White? And how would you piece that together in terms of your whole passion for music? Ha- happiness for me is to kind of not have to worry. Like, I am, I'm a, you know that I'm an overthinker. I self-doubt myself. I'm a person that um, tends to think about oh, how am I going to make it, like how am I going to, pay for this how am I going to get this done how am I going to do this and mm. for me I'm not sure what the answer would be for me to be happy because I feel like I feel like no one could ever be truly happy can you describe what makes you happy in terms of your life like just like myself like yeah. what, makes me happy? what would you describe as happiness for you 
Bro, to be honest, I've never really thought about being like myself, happiness, and like myself, like what truly makes me happy. Yeah. Like I, I've, it's never been something that I've always thought about. It's always been something like I. Damn, I did, yeah, I've never really thought about what like my happiness, my true happiness. Yeah. That's crazy. The reason I ask that is because I've personally noticed a lot of people going through their journey in life don't really put themselves no. at the center of it. Yeah. They well, sort of look at their life from a third person view saying... Yeah, well, that's me. Yeah, exactly. Which is not a bad thing, but yeah. I think someone's good to step back and be like, what is happiness for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're understanding yeah, and planning that into that. Yeah, true. That's hard, bro. Like, I'm, I know the things that... Like the things that I love to do that make me happy, but like my true, like what true happiness could be, I'm not sure how to answer that because I've never really thought about that. Mm. Like music makes me happy, being with my partner makes me happy, uh, being around my family and my friends make me happy. But like what truly makes like my happiness, of, like what would be the thing well, that well, they'd all be contributing factors to making you happy. Yeah. Oh, contributing to your happiness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like. I don't. I don't know what would. I I don't know how to answer that. Damn. Yeah, because I've never thought about that. Yeah. But you know, yeah, those are definitely all contributing factors. It's just. It's understanding the whole. Yeah. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good question. <laughs> it's it, it's it's one I feel like a lot of people should question. Yeah, themselves a lot of people do struggle with that. Yeah. I, I, I feel say. like it's something everyone should be questioning themselves every. Every time they go into a new season, you should question yourself. Yeah. Is this going to bring happiness to my life? Is this going to be something that's going to take me in the direction I want? Yeah. Speaking on um, Zendaya's dad, um, would that be the worst rejection you ever felt before? (laughs) (laughs) No. What would be the worst rejection? Apart, we're not talking about females yet. Like, what would be the worst rejection you've ever felt before? Probably getting industry or anything. Um, the worst rejection ever. Worst rejection Probably being rejected from a label. That's really that was tough. Yeah. On me. How did you come back from that though after? It was in I was in high school. It was we were in year twelve and I had just finished writing this song with one of the producers that I met when I first started in the industry. Um and we were working on this this single and uh it was mad. I thought it was crazy at the time. And I remember going to school showing everybody, like, this is my new single. This is, it's going to come out soon. It hasn't even come out yet. It's never come out. <laughs> but we sent it to labels. Yeah. And this is, a, I think, one of the reasons why I haven't released it too is because of how rejected I felt in this moment. Yeah. So we, uh, when I, when we finished it, we had that song done. We had two other songs done. So our, our plan was to release one song before this big single release this one and then release one more after it and we at the time he was like kind of managing me and he said we i don't want to kind of just release it with no backing i think we should go to a label to release it yeah so i said okay do you have like the contact for it or anything he's like yeah so we'll we'll ship it to la we'll, i know a contact at atlantic records that we can like send to yeah yeah and he's like just leave it with me. So he, he sent an email to Atlantic. Um, had the three songs in it and had the main one. And he asked if he'd be willing to like 
sign either sign the song or sign me as an artist and the response that he got back was meh like eh, it's alright but no that was it he just said no Brutal. he was like no it's alright but like it's not good enough pretty much that, that, that's what they were saying and I remember him telling me or showing me the screenshot and I just it felt like a breakup I was, cry- I was crying I cried all night I remember being so upset because, like I keep saying, like that's all I've wanted to do. And then when a label that I've dreamt of being signed to for ages rejects you, hmm. it's it it's really tough. Like especially back then, it was really tough. And like to come back from that, I just remember saying, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make, I'm I'm gonna prove you wrong one day. I'm gonna be signed to your label under a different A and R." Because like. To get signed to a label, you get signed under an A&R, which is a person that is pretty much in charge of you from the label. Like a representative? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah, a representative. So I said, I'm going to get signed under another A&R at your same label, and I'm going to be bigger than any of the other artists that you've had. I remember saying yeah. that. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how I thought I would come back from it and just to keep trying and trying. And that was five years ago now. Hmm. So... Yeah, I'm still trying. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was probably the biggest rejection that I felt. It's funny because... There's been a couple, but yeah. You've... I'm sure you've made over at least like 40 tracks now, but you've only released two to three. I have released two tracks. Two singles. Two singles. Yep. It's cool. I think I have a broader understanding of why you are so patient with it now. It's not good enough. The fact that you want the best. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been like that. Mm. And I think a lot of, I guess a lot of artists can be like that or other, there's artists that I know that whatever they write, yeah, let's just get it out. Let's just get it out. Because at the beginning of your career, it's just about getting content out and then people will like vibe with your story or they'll like connect with you. And then you can like have time to kind of build your quality over the years as you build your fan base as well at the same time. Which is fine. Like, I, I, I love that with other artists. But for me, like, I, I take it really, really seriously to a point where it has to be quality. Like, it has to be... From the beginning. Has, yeah, it has to make sense. Like, I can't I can't just, like, go into the studio, write a song, and have it be, like, it's good, but it's not great. Like, will it make people, like, get up and dance? Maybe, but will it make... Um, can it impact somebody's life? Maybe. But is it sitting right with me? No, it's not. Like, it's it's that for me. Like, it has to be. It can't be. Like, I know that I'll never be able to achieve perfect on my songs because there will always be always be something that you need to work on. Like with the two singles that I've released, I wasn't happy with how they finished. Like with how we get finished them off, but I was happy enough with the fact that the message that I got across or. I was happy with what I had finished, what what I had like achieved in those songs. And storytelling. Yeah, and yeah. there also comes to the point where you just got to get shit out sometimes. Like you just got to get it out, and that's been my mentality lately. But um, at the same time, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be worth it. It can't just be any song. Like you know how I. Put out, I put out demos and stuff on Instagram. You know how I used to do those videos? That was just kind of... That was like a trial and error phase. Like, I... All those songs are finished. 
but I didn't release them because I didn't think that they were good enough to the full versions to be out. So I was like, I'm just gonna do trial and error. I'm gonna record all these songs, film them, and then I'm gonna post them on Insta and like Facebook for people to look at instead of kind of putting up mediocre songs on like Spotify and stuff. Like I have my actual like artist work. Like so I can still get feedback to see the type of audience that I'm like attracting from my demos and stuff. Yeah. And then like kind of work from there. But yeah, I'm I'm really strict when it comes to releasing music. Do you think it's finding a balance between having the song to your standard and then finding the time? I think that's something you gotta you feel like you need to work on for yourself. Yeah, 100%. And no one else can tell you that. Like, not yeah. even a producer will be able to tell you that because it's you being happy with what you... Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's, it's up to me whether I... like I, It's up to me to like call the shots pretty much, like for my career too. And I've... Like there's also been a lot of times where I'll be finishing a song and I won't post it. And it's like, I'm not releasing any music so people aren't listening to me or people aren't listening to my music anymore. Because I don't have any music out, so should I just put it out? But I don't want to stem away from the fact that, like, yeah, it has to be, it has to, it has to be quality. Like, it needs to be like, it needs to evoke a feeling in me, where I, th- where like the audience can kind of relate to it emotionally. Yeah. As much as I am emotionally connected to it, yep. they need to be as emotionally invested. Um, and that, yeah, that's where I kind of. That's what I think about. So when I write a song and I don't have that emotional connection as much as I should, then I don't release it. Like if a song doesn't make me get goosebumps or it doesn't make me, if it doesn't like pass the test, then yeah, I don't put it out. Yeah, and you don't want to regret it afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's pretty cool that you're taking the time, not to rush the art that's in the process. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause yeah. Art should never be rushed. Yeah, exactly. And music's a mate. It's a, huge art form yeah it takes a lot more time than some people think just to make a song yeah exactly which is why i only have two songs out and i don't have like the 20 30 songs that i've written but you out. just hit 100k yeah <laughs> yeah i just hit 100k <laughs> it's a big it's a, a lot it's not like it's it's not a big i guess it's not a big thing to a lot of other artists but to get your first 100k yeah is, yeah it's, it's a big thing for me because it's yeah, like I keep saying it over and over again, like it's what I've always wanted to do. So yeah, to know that something that I've something that um I've written has over a hundred thousand like people that have listened to it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a big yeah, it's a big it's a big thing to, for me, and I'm just super grateful for that. Yeah, and I'm yeah I'm grateful to be able to do this to do music. I think what makes me and I'm sure Ramir and other boys, it's finally seeing that you getting the recognition you deserve for the music you put out. Because I've known I've known Kobe for since I was two, a long, time, a yeah. long, long, long time. Two. And it's like I've been listening to Kobe's music, all those demos. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd always send you those songs. Tell me if you <laughs> every single them. one, yeah. and it, it's it's. It's so cool for me to finally see you get the recognition you deserve, but also see you take the time and be in control of that journey and then appreciating the journey and understanding the journey and not regretting any part of the journey. I think that's that's, that's something a lot of people could take away from your life. Yeah. Which, Thanks, is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um it's always a blessing to like to be able to do music every day. 
on a daily basis and to try and make a career out of it. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, like I said, it's a, big, it's a big milestone for me to be able to do that. Yeah, I'm just really grateful, bro. Yeah. For everything. It, yeah, it just makes me think a lot. Like, I, I was... I was listening to... It hit 100k a couple of days ago, and I was listening to it, and I was just crying. I was like, damn. Like, this is mad. Like, this is insane to me. Like, it's not as many streams as other artists that I know, but it's a start, you know? It's, a, it's huge. It's yeah. a big, and big stepping stone. Yeah, and yeah. because it was my first song that I, I have ever properly released. And you've only released two, so... Yeah, exactly. So, it means, it means a lot to me. Like, a lot of people... For a lot of other artists, it's taking them like five or six songs to get to 100k, and for me to hit 100k in my very first song is it means a lot to me. Yeah, and, and it shows I, a lot. It shows yeah. the effort you put into it. Yeah, and it it's it took 12 months to get there, but you know I'm I'm, I'm grateful either way. It's 12 months closer than for where you need to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just the beginning, bro. Yeah, like soon that will turn into more records that you know hit the same milestone and then we can build from there mm. but yeah it's yeah hopefully this next single gets that as well i know it will yeah <laughs> this next single is a banger <laughs> can't wait for everyone everyone listening to finally hear your um the last segment we are going to start doing for every single person we're bringing on is you're going to imagine that i'm your Say you're 12 years old self. Yeah. In 30 seconds or less, I want you to tell me something you knew at 12 years old. Something that I knew? Yeah. Well, a piece of advice you'd give to your 12 years old oh, self. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> a piece of advice I would probably give my younger self. Um, it would probably be to... I'm on a timer, right? Oh no. Yes, sir. Um, okay, so yeah, my advice to my younger self would to always yeah, take every opportunity that you can. I said that before, like um it doesn't matter what can happen in your life or it doesn't matter the things that you go through, like just to take every opportunity you can and every thing that comes into your kind of path, just say yes to it. Because you never know where that'll take you. You never know what opportunities will bring up different opportunities. And just, yeah, because I said no a lot in my life. I was too prideful. So just say yes and just work hard. Just keep trying. You never stop. That's pretty, 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 pretty. That's perfect. I felt that. <laughs> Always say yes because you never know where it's going to take you. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to our first episode of the UQ World Podcast. We'll see you in a bit.